Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. Russell, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Russell, it's so good to hear you. <laughs> Russell, <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me. Russell, um, so we were looking at beautiful photos. What goes into taking a front page picture of a glossy magazine? Well, um, there's actually a lot more than one would think because uh, th- there's actually more that th- there's a whole team of people that go behind um, making the ultimate image come to life. Um, we see the, pic- the, the image in the magazine or in a brochure or whatever on the inter- on the internet, but we don't realize that there is a lot of planning and production, uh, arranging within a studio, getting stylists on board, um, assistants. Uh, whether it be food assistance or whether it be photographic assistance, there's a lot of gear that one has to to, to arrange. So um, it really is uh, something that I didn't know at the time, a real um, organizational effort that goes into producing the final image you see on the page. So I know, for example, of photography of people, you can, you know, shop it, you know, what, etc. But what happens with um, something live, like scenery? You know, you can't control when the wave comes in or when the sun sets or that kind of thing. You can't control it, but you can definitely choose your times of day. For if you if you if you're on a travel assignment or want to shoot landscapes, for example. Um, What's going to make the difference between a good and a bad image is, is actually the light. Um, you don't, like you say, have much control of everything else uh, other than being very patient and potentially shooting uh, f- uh, and waiting until you get that moment. But what can definitely make a difference is if you choose, say, the mornings or the evenings when the light is soft or good or the shadows are long or you're getting really beautiful uh, quality of light. And that can t- make a difference between a good and a bad image if you choose, say, the same subject. Because ultimately, uh, you can't control the lighting of that that particular object or, or, or thing. So I would say if I'm on a travel assignment, I usually wake up very early in the morning, try and get to discover what's going on while people are setting up or waking up or um, things are quite calm. It's a beautiful time of the day. Uh, I would use the in- middle of the day to maybe shoot some interiors where the light's harsh and you can kind of get more light coming through windows or um, doors. And then in the evening, going back outside again and using this sort of uh, soft light as the sun sets and after the sun sets to get what's going on uh, in the location you're in. I would, I would say that's a, just a, a, an immediate go-to for a tr- for getting great shots um, on location where you have limited control of your, of your surroundings. Russell, we have to un- take a break right now, but um, after the break, we'll look a little bit about the differences in scenery and taking photos of food. Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zaffert. And I'm talking to Russell Smith, who is a top travel and food photographer in South Africa. Um, so obviously there's a lot of work in getting the scene absolutely perfect. Uh, Russell, is it as much fun as it looks? Do you travel the world with your camera? So, so that's a complex question because I love what I do and I'm very passionate about photography. So I do love it. I do love what I do, but, um, I think it will always look more glamorous than it is. Uh, as I said, you have to wake up early. You have to carry around a lot of gear. Normally, your average person will take a, a fairly small camera, even if it's a 35 millimeter Canon or, or whatever. They will, they will probably stick to that. Whereas I will. 
be taking a lot more than that with me. So there's a lot of getting through airports, um, the logistics around organizing to be in a specific space or place at a certain time. Sometimes that needs to, requires permission. So it looks glamorous and it, it often is. I mean, I enjoy what I do. So if I'm going to go do a food store in Mauritius, for example, I've got to have an itinerary or a know where to be and where all the places are. So there's, there's a lot of, pre-planning to get done so you know that you aren't missing out uh, the best food spots on the island you need to make sure that you're at the right places at the right time of day if it's if it's outside as i said before uh, you have to often meet the right people to allow you to get into certain spaces and places so a lot of it is also about your personality and also when you're shooting people making food or on in a different environment how you interact with them and how to get them to do what you need them to do uh, especially if they shine in front of the camera so there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, ultimately, you want to create a, a body of work that, that shows off the best side of it. But it, it's, it takes a lot of work and production to get there. But as I say, that's all part of what I love to do. And um, it makes it a, 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 I find it a, a very enjoyable. Um, uh, Russell, it, it looks amazing. And we're going to talk about food now a little bit because I think, I imagine that would be the easiest thing to, to, um, to, to photograph because it's, you can control, I imagine, every aspect of a, a photo shoot of food. So it definitely is easier to be in a space which is controllable rather than just being, say, outdoors in the middle of a field or a beach because your light is coming from every direction and it's hard to kind of get the mood you're feeling you want to create. So it's easier to take your backgrounds, your environment you want and try and create in a studio which is uh, set up uh, the way you want it to be and you can put your lights where you want them to be or daylight your windows, all that kind of thing. You can work with the stylists and they can be preparing the food while you're busy working on your lighting. So it's much easier to work in a studio, a controlled envi environment somewhere indoors. Maybe there's no wind. But I must say that it's not easy to take food. I would say that uh, a lot of photographers stay away from food if they don't know food. It's just like I don't shoot fashion. I know there's a lot of photographers out there who are very good with fashion and very good at directing models and getting the best out of the clothing and the people. So it is a specialization which requires the knowledge of what, how to get the most out of your food and how to make it the most appetizing. And that requires more than just putting a plate of food down and photographing it in a studio. It requires understanding what's going to get the most out of it. Like it would be any, if you're shooting a portrait of a person and you need to get the most out of their character. It's the same with food. You need to coax and play with the light. See if you're shooting a flat object like I say a pizza, then you need to go, is it, suppose the angle will be from top down. If it was something like a bottle, it would be lower angle to be able to see the, the dimensions of that. So there's, there's the composition, there's the light, there's the uh, combination of color and texture, backgrounds, uh, what, you know, I haven't even mentioned what the stylist's uh, role would be, but they have to, also think about everything in, in terms of what goes into that recipe and being quite true to the original recipe and test it beforehand so that they know that if it goes into a magazine or a cookbook that it's going to be it's going to be successful and taste right even if it's just for the photograph so sometimes um they'll tweak it on the day and we'll you know we'll we'll, we'll play around with it with it to make it look nice and more attractive with the photograph, but then they'll amend the recipe to make it, the recipe fit in line with what we've done so that people reading and seeing the image and reading the recipe will be satisfied when they actually go and try and make it at home. So there is a lot actually that goes in. I, I can imagine because, I mean, obviously I'm not going to make a recipe if I can't see what the food looks like before. Um, I'm, I'm going to be attracted to a recipe depending on, my gosh, that really looks good. 
And then, of course, yeah, when you, you do it, you want, it sometimes sorry, you doesn't want, you, look as good. You want to, you know, I think I think uh, real foodies will um, also look past that. They'll see the the quality of the ingredients. They'll look at the kind of food that's being put together. But it's definitely what's going to draw people in, and it's going to sell them the whatever it is, the book or the recipe, or wanting them to make it. So it is it is essentially very important to make it look as attractive and beautiful as possible to make. Um, in terms of uh, today, everybody potentially could be a photographer, Russell, because everybody has a camera, even albeit on, on a cell phone. Do you think that photography is more accessible than it's ever been, or do you think that people are assuming talents which they don't have? Sure, we can go down this road. It's quite a long one. Um, I, I'll try to <laughs> In three brief. minutes. I, think, <laughs> I would say I would say it's much more accessible, and that's actually a good thing because more people are are, are looking at things um, with a sort of photographic eye, and it's it's with the cell phones and generally how digital has gone, everybody is able to sort of become a photographer, so to speak. But then there is a line, I think, where, you know, the difference does become between a professional and somebody who's doing it on an everyday basis where more thought is going into it in terms of all the things I mentioned about styling a light and so on. And I think there is a, there is a, there is, does be a tendency to people and people thinking that they are photographers just because they've taken a photograph of something that they like or somebody on social media is liked. And, you know, they need to go further and train themselves and teach themselves more about the craft than just saying, well, I can take a picture now because I've got digital. Cause I mean, I was a film photographer. It was Polaroids. It was changing film. It was, um, light meters. It was a lot of, a lot of, uh, guesswork as well. Uh, understanding what was going on before you getting your film back from the lab. It was a much more difficult process. Uh, so I agree it has become more accessible, but, um, I do think that that has to come with a, with a relative amount of caution because it doesn't just mean that you're a photographer off the bat if you can take a picture on, on your cell phone. I know if anybody would like to see what proper photography should look like, they should go onto your website because your pictures are phenomenal. Um, was it fun working with your wife on uh, her books above her, which has been so incredibly popular? Yeah, it was fun. It was it was something we were always going to do. I did meet her on a, sh- a food shoot uh, for House and Leisure magazine at the time, and I think inevitably the idea was that we would uh, ultimately, once she started the Sababa idea, that we would do something like that together. And it was good because, um, ironically, she she is very much into the food and the making of the food and the recipe and what goes into it and making it. I was more on the sort of uh, creative photographic styling side. So our, our, our jobs were quite different and that, and, and that caused, that allowed us as a couple to, I suppose, have our functions in the book that were quite clear and it made it quite smooth. I think had she started telling me about the lighting and I started maybe giving her advice about her food, it might have not have ended up so well. <laughs> so I think, uh, it was, it was a good, it was a good, a good formula and the book's been received well. It's been, uh, it was a great, we did another one. It, it, it was a, it was a great project. Um, great publishers as well. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just, um, nice to be able to allow people to, to make the food that she does at home and it's quite accessible. So I think it's done, it's done really nicely, uh, from that point of view. Well, um, Paul, again, I would recommend people go into your website. If anybody would like to contact you, do you have a contact detail? Um, well, I think they can email me or they can, they can go onto my website and co- contact me through that. It's a very, um, an easy way, uh, or my Facebook page to contact me if they want to know anything more about, uh, photography or professional photography. 
Um, I don't at the moment do any courses. I was doing some photography courses, but I'm concentrating more on my on my photography at the moment. Uh, but it's always good for them just to be in touch and see what's happening, you know, what for the future. Well, thank you very much. Um, we are going to leave it there. That was a top uh, travel and food photographer, Russell Smith, sharing some of the tricks of the trade.